listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. The church is located at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. Thank you for joining us today as Dr. Pollock opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. So Zechariah uh, chapter 4, let's read together from the verse number 1. We'll read the entire uh, chapter together. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked and behold a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and as seven lamps thereon and seven pipes the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth. Then answered I and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, what be these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? And he answered me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then said he, These are the two anointed ones, the stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Amen. May God be pleased to encourage us in his word tonight. Why do I turn your attention tonight to Zechariah chapter 4? Well, because I believe it is an appropriate continuation of what we saw last time in Haggai chapter 2. You go back a few pages to Haggai chapter 2 and refresh your memory that at the end of Haggai chapter 2, the Lord has a word through Haggai to Zerubbabel. Verse number 21, speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. Zerubbabel is in view at the end of Haggai. He, along with Ezra and Nehemiah, was used in the recovery of the people of God following their time in captivity. Zerubbabel has a prominent role, particularly in the early years of the Restoration. We know from verse number 23 of Haggai 2 that he has been chosen. I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. He's chosen to be God's servant. Verse 23 again, O Zerubbabel, my servant. Chosen to be a servant. Chosen to be a signet. 
That's what it says there. And will make thee as a signet, referring to the chain or the ring of the ruler used to imprint a seal, indicating the role of one who would convey the king's instructions. In other words, a picture of one who would carry out the king's will, chosen to serve Jehovah in order to carry out the will of Jehovah. Zerubbabel, my servant, my signet, the agent in God's hand to do the will of the Lord. We note it again, I remind you that Zerubbabel in many ways serves as a type of Christ, who himself is the son of Zerubbabel. And so at this time in the captivity, God places his instruments in the right place. He calls Zerubbabel, he anoints and appoints him to service, and he gives him a commission to execute. God's will will be done. It is guaranteed, and it will not fail. And so we have the encouraging parallels here that God who brings Zerubbabel to the right place to execute his will is the same God who brings about all means to execute his will in our day. And that as the temple will be built, so surely Christ will build his church, which of course is the final fulfillment of all the temple pictures. To that end, the Lord has appointed his church on earth to be his servants. We who are Christ serve as chosen signets in the hand of God to execute and further the will of the Lord. We have a commission to preach the gospel and to teach the saints. That commission will not fail. God will appoint servants, chosen instruments, whereby the will of God will be carried out even in our day and generation. Of course, we know that that does not mean that we are not to work. The fact that the will of God is the building of the church does not mean that it will happen without our labors. We believe in the certainty of God's promises, but we also understand that God's promises certainly come to pass by the certain performance of those appointed to do the task. It's how God works. God determines the end and determines the means to the end. Hence, we we read uh, several weeks ago now in Ezra chapter 5, verse 2, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah prophesied and then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josedek, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So through the work of Haggai and Zechariah, the word of God comes to Zerubbabel, and the outcome is... He gets up and works. The sense of being used of God encouraged this man to be faithful in the task whereunto God has called him. But there is another matter that we are showing in these events that recurs throughout Scripture, repeated time after time. And that matter is shown to us in the other word given to Zerubbabel through prophecy. As Ezra 5 tells us, God spoke through Haggai and Zechariah. And what is the word that Zechariah brings to Zerubbabel? Well, it is the words that we have here in chapter 4 of Zechariah, where God instructs Zechariah to speak to this man. Verse 6, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Here's the word. Vital if we'd understand how Zerubbabel performs the will of God. He is told it is not by might, 
nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Well, we saw a glimpse of this back in Haggai chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. You get a, a glimpse of the sense of this. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, be strong, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. The promise of the Lord's presence enabling him to perform the task. But here we have some more explicit testimony regarding how the Lord of hosts will enable Zerubbabel to perform the tasks. The vision is made up of the candlestick. Verse number 2, And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold. The candlestick has a, a bowl attached in some form. And there are pipes to the seven lamps and two olive trees with two branches. And we're told that in verse 11 and following. The oil, the olive oil comes from the trees, through the branches, into the bowl, and from there into the lamp. Hence what you're seeing in the vision are the trees emptying themselves into the candlestick. John Gill says this about the candlestick, such and one as was in the tabernacle of Moses, only with this difference. That had no bowl on the top, nor seven pipes to it, nor two olive trees on each side of it, with two pipes to them. Such a candlestick was never in being, only in vision. So Gill is telling us that what you're seeing here is a, is a development of the picture of the candlestick, the menorah, that we have in the tabernacle. And from the development you have this bowl, this receptacle, and the trees are pouring out olive oil into the receptacle, through the branches, through pipes, to the, to the candles themselves. Now all of that is mysterious. It's even, and I, I've, I've seen uh, picture representation, and you still struggle to wonder, how does this all look in visionary form? Well, thankfully, we're given the interpretation. We don't need to wonder what it means. We're told exactly what it means, because the question is asked. Verse 5, the angel says, Knowest thou not what these be? No, my Lord. And then the answer is given. Verse number 6, this is the word of the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So the interpretation of the vision is given to us in answer to the, uh, the assertion, oh, I don't know what this means. The words, just as a passing comment, you have the word might and power used in the same text, verse number 6. And there are various ideas why these two words are used. Are they just expansive terms using two words to give films a meaning? Others suggest the word might refers to corporate work. It's used regarding an army or a host at times. It may indicate the, the power of the, the might of a corporate band. And then power itself may refer to the individual. And so, Zerubbabel, you will not perform your work by the might of the people together, nor by your individual power. Rather, it is by my spirit. That, that may well be the sense. But however you interpret that, you must understand the central reference here is to the work of the Spirit of the Lord of hosts. It is by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It is therefore clearly a reference to the work of the Holy Spirit. And it is that reference that thus brings encouragement to Zerubbabel in his task. 
And so tonight, I want to just very briefly observe some things with you that would encourage us in our work. Encourage to work as we work in the Spirit. We do so by considering this picture of the oil and how the oil is used in the lighting of the lamps. So let's begin by considering the purpose of the oil here. The purpose of the oil. Well, you would say, obviously, the oil serves as fuel to supply the lamp of the candlestick. In other words, the oil enables the candlestick to do what its purpose is. The candlestick fulfills its purpose through the help and the agency of the oil. What is this candlestick? Well, if you can think back to your studies in the tabernacle, I remind you the candlestick has a central shaft. And from that central shaft, there are six branches either side. And we know the fulfillment of this candlestick of pure gold is a reference to Christ himself. He is the light of the world. But as he is the central shaft, so those united to Christ also serve as lights in the world. Verse 14 of Matthew 5, Ye are the light of the world. Or Philippians chapter 6, Among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. And so the candlestick, it speaks to us of the work of Christ in and through the church to provide light, the revelation, the light of God and the gospel in the world. And the oil enables the candlestick to glow. The oil enables the candlestick to shine. And so the oil enables the church to function in showing the light of Christ into the world. And the oil is necessary. That, of course, is how we see the work of the Spirit revealed in the Word of God. You turn to John chapter 15, and you see very clearly the work of the Spirit is to shine the light of Christ in the world. John 15 and the verse number 26. And again, part of this record, this upper room discourse where the Lord speaks much regarding the work of the Spirit of God. Verse number 26 of chapter 15. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. The Spirit's role is to show Christ in the world. So the oil enabling the candlestick to shine is showing us again that the Spirit's role is to enable Christ. Uh, he, Christ himself works in the world, in his humanity, in the power of the Spirit of God. And even now the church as the agents of Christ shine in the world through the power of the Spirit of God. Any thought of the work of the Holy Spirit must be Christ-centered. Now, that's important to reiterate. You have the idea where the, in so many of the charismatic churches and the charismatic confusion, the work of the Spirit is Spirit-centered or man-centered. But in the Scriptures, the work of the Spirit is to make much of Christ, to testify of the Lord. And Zerubbabel is being shown here that he will be able to do the work that God has for him by the agency or by the power of the Spirit of God. And as the oil enables the candlestick to burn, so also 
Zerubbabel will make much of Christ through the work of the Spirit. What is Zerubbabel's task? He's to build a temple. What's a temple all about? Exalting Christ. Zerubbabel, how are you going to build a temple? How are you going to exalt Christ? Only by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Not by your strength, not even by the strength of a corporate host, but only by my Spirit. The purpose of the oil is to shine, and therefore making much of Christ in the types and the shadows. In the second place, though, note the, note the power of the oil. In verse number 7 and following of Zechariah chapter 4, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Jeroboam thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. What the Lord is saying to Zerubbabel here is that by the Spirit of the Lord of hosts, mountains become plains and the headstone of the temple will be put in place. It's an incredible assurance. In times of tremendous human weakness, Remember that after this time, Nehemiah receives the report of all the walls in disarray. Now, this is a time of great weakness. Not strength in the people, but by the Spirit of God, in weakness, great things can be done. That though we're marked by tremendous weakness as a church, by the Spirit of God, great things can be accomplished. Obstacles are removed Mountains are made plains, and God's will is done. Paul, of course, the Apostle Paul labors. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. We are weak in ourselves, but there is tremendous power in the church through the work of the Spirit of God. Obstacles overcome. What obstacles do we face at this time? Well, you put almost any word before ism and you'll find yourself confronting an obstacle. Atheism, secularism, religionism. That's instead of using Buddhism and Hinduism and Islamism and all the rest. You've all of these isms. And there are multiple obstacles as we perceive them to the extension of the gospel. And I suggest the greatest threat in our land at this point is secularism. It is the idea that there is no God and that God has no role in our society. And we look at that and that is, that is unsurmountable. How do you overcome this? Only by the Spirit of God. Where before a Spirit-filled man like Zerubbabel, mountains are made plain. And the headstone of the temple is put into place. Oh, be encouraged about the power of the Spirit of God, the power of the oil. And then thirdly, please note the passage of the oil. There are processes described in verse number 12. Zechariah is, is certainly somewhat confused. What are these olive branches and the golden pipes? Well, the branches are coming from the tree. And the trees empty themselves into the branches and through the pipes into the candlestick. And there are a couple of truths uh, that we should appreciate afresh tonight. First of all, the sense is of the inexhaustible supply of the Spirit of God. 
It's not the age of man here, going along with a little jug and tubbing up the oil. No, this is a continual supply of oil, an inexhaustible supply of oil, continually coming from these trees that are living, pouring out the oil into the candlestick continually. As long as the lamp burns, there's oil to fuel the lamp. Tremendous comfort in that. We need never fear a lack of power as long as we purpose to burn for Christ. When our heart is to make much of Christ, we should never, ever fear a lack of the Spirit of God. If our motivations are other than that, well, then we grieve the Spirit of God. But when our desire is to shine and make much of Christ, not man, not a church, but Christ, then there is the continual supply of the Spirit of God. Now, that is true no matter how weak we may find ourselves to be. It's true in the world, for the light of the gospel has never gone out. Even the darkest times of human history, there was still that flickering light. There was still oil coming to the candlestick. And even in our weakest times, I praise God that though we struggle to see great things accomplished, yet still we hold on to truth. Yet still Christ is preached. Yet still living stones are added. And still the work of God goes forward, the inexhaustible supply of the Spirit of God. But then there's also the truth of the instruments used in the supply of the Spirit. Verse number 14. These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. The interpretation of this vision, these trees again, and the vision that is given here. Well, what's involved here? Well, the word anointed here is the term that we certainly use for the Messiah. It's the same, the same term that's used. Some have the idea that initially it spoke these two individuals. It spoke of Joshua the priest and Zerubbabel, who was the ruler and the king. And there may well be that initial primary application. You know, these were the agents used of God to further the work of God. But there's an undoubted reference to these in the book of Revelation chapter 11. Turn over to Revelation chapter 11. Now here I open a Pandora's box of debate regarding the identity of these individuals in Revelation chapter 11. And you have in the verse number 4 this reference, These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. There's clearly an allusion back to Zechariah chapter 4. But when is this happening? Well, look at verse number 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. It's a, it's a tremendous picture. Now, there are, there are some who look at this and see this as something that is yet to come in the last days. In the years just prior to Christ's coming, that there will be witnesses coming from heaven who will have this unusual function, two literal individuals. And there are others who see this period of time, this 1,203 score days, these 42 months, three and a half years, that this period is representative of the entire gospel age. And what you see here are individuals who are witnessing through the gospel period clothed in sackcloth. 
In other words, they are, they are laboring in difficult times where they mourn unbelief around them. And in such challenging times, they are prophesying the word of God. And there are two of them because at the mouth of two or three witnesses, every truth is established. And so people say, well, this is a, a reference to the church in the gospel age. Uh, all manner of thoughts. Either way, we see that Christ's light is seen through the fuel, the oil of the Spirit of God. And human instrumentality is involved. So whether you see it in the future or you see it as present, either way, it is speaking of human instrumentality. And so what you're looking at in Zechariah chapter 4 is the assurance given to a man. Thou, Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. And he's encouraged, though you are but a man, by the pouring of the Spirit of God through you, Christ is made known as the temple is built. And we have the same assurance and the same truth in our possession today. God, in his own inscrutable wisdom, is pleased to use human agency for the propagation of the gospel as Christ is preached in the power of the Spirit of God. Haggai and Zechariah, they present to us a wonderful picture of our role in the church today, that we are to be diligent in the Lord's business, that we are not to content ourselves with our, our grand and fancy sealed houses, but we're to give ourselves fully for the work of God. And that there are those who are appointed to preach Christ and to serve for Christ. And we have the right to pray for God to raise up such who will labor in the power of the Spirit of God. The entire church at work as the Spirit of God is poured out upon the church. The end of Haggai and Zechariah is the building of the temple. The end of our labors is the building of Christ's church. And praise God, we are laborers together with God. And we labor in the power of the Spirit of God. To this end, we gather to pray. This prayer meeting is convened primarily that we would pray for the building of Christ's church. So what do we pray for? We pray for souls to be saved and for saints to be edified and kept. And in all of this praying, we must remember the indispensable work of the Spirit of God. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. We extend an invitation to all to join us as we worship the Lord each week. You will be made very welcome. The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania, at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We preach Christ crucified.